0: one next step. That's one 8783 Or text next step to five three three four two. New York call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
3: So what do you think? It's showtime.
1: <laughs>
3: no <one> yeah. <laughs> all the times we had together.
2: Yep.
1: That's the intro to the show, by the way
3: Yep,
2: that's us <laughs> Let's get it cracking, Birdman hand rub <laughs> Everybody, let's get, let's go All
1: right.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Showtime I'm your host, Jason Madison As always, joined by my co-hosts, Bethany Anderson and Anthony Mays How y'all feeling today?
1: Feeling great, feeling good How about you?
3: Oh, we did it, <laughs> folks We did it
2: The hit is on It's
3: the off-season
2: the hit is on pause. No, um, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, it's, uh, we came to the end of winning time. Uh, I found out, uh, so I was hanging out with uh, my family's, my cousin's, my cousin Chavis's birthday over the weekend, and um, we were all hanging out. So we started talking about the show and um, found out that my cousin Dom, Dom Kennedy, he really loves the show. And so we started chopping it about it. His mom and my mom are, you know, both from that era and his mom was really into the magic documentary and so I realized like even with my dad like my dad got like mad at me when I was asking him about the show he's like nah I'm not watching that I lived it I lived it and so like all these oh
1: my god Is yeah. that the same thing that Kareem said that kept him from from wanting to watch it It was like oh yeah I lived it so I'm not watching it
2: yeah and so like wow. Yeah, my aunt, my dad—they both had the same exact reaction to *Winning Time*. Like, as people who were hanging out in the Forum Club and going and doing all this stuff, they really do not want to watch the show for whatever reason, which is really interesting to me. Um, So I thought I'd start the pot off by sharing that little nugget.
1: Very protective of their of their culture, their moment.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that was their moment in history. More of a generation
3: gap because even if there was something about my lifetime i'd still be curious about it i think
1: right yeah i used to love watching those shows like um all about the 90s and shit like that what let's relive it i can't wait yes i was there but i want (laughs) to see it again
2: right i think maybe Maybe if we was just so lit at that time and you know taint the memory and i think part of it is that their generation was pre-internet pre-cell phone, pre-taking pictures of every event so they have these very specific recollections of these times where nobody got to see it and it was part of the glory of it was that it was so private you know and that nobody, Mm -hmm. if you weren't there you really weren't there you know type of thing and I think they held on to that, that feeling and that you know just being like yeah we was really living it and Nobody being able to be like, okay, what was it really like? I don't know. Wow. Yeah.
1: Very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Or I feel like a lot of um, just kind of tie this in with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You think can they remember it? Were they under any influences that maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to like relive or? Yeah, I think they it's don't a, remember.
2: <laughs> I think it's a, <laughs> a, a, a significant amount of that. I mean, with my dad, my dad is very like sober he he never drank like he didn't do drugs or anything like that so you know i I think it's probably like very much in his memory but he might also be somebody who like to embellish things a little bit and so (laughs) you know uh it takes a little bit of the sting off your embellishment once it's, it's uh shown in this way Because, you know, he was like one of the things that Dom was saying, because, you know, my dad always would tell this story like, oh, I was in the locker room. I was there. I was with Kareem, Magic, and Byron and all that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like you see the show it's like wasn't nobody in that locker room but them. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) we was talking about that. That So, you know, certain things like that, I think they were probably like getting off on us being younger and not being there. And now it's kind of like. You can't yeah, really you get had that to be of.
1: there. <laughs> yeah. You just had to be there.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like inside jokes. It's like, sorry, can't can't fill you in on what's going on here.
2: Right. And it <laughs> don't even be that funny. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's
1: like I wouldn't I would've laughed too, guys. No. Right.
2: I did like this episode of Atlanta. Um so okay your, so I
3: your dad was not not eating Nepalese space cakes is what you're telling me, Jason. <laughs> Wasn't on the Nepalese hallucinogenic,
2: honey. No, no. He's never been to Europe. So uh, Can I get no. some of that? Yeah.
3: Nepalese space cakes. I need some of these. Once again, we were deprived of a Darius adventure here ah. to concentrate on the, the real star of the show, Alfred. And I read an interesting article on The Ringer. Shout out to Allison Herman. And it pointed out the connection between some of the episodes we've seen this year and episodes we've seen in the past. Okay. And this one really is a lot like Woods where Alfred yeah. goes on his walk about and he's haunted by the old man in the woods yep. who is probably his dad. Right. And so now and then it's that episode was Happened on the day that his mom passed away, or the anniversary of his mom passing away. So that was the theme of that episode. And his mom is named
2: Lorraine. Yeah. 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 Just like um, Marty McFly. Oh yeah. Great point. (laughs) Back to the Future. Yeah, I really I enjoyed a lot about this episode. I think we should get an episode that's just full of all the Lost Darius moments. Darius and Van. Just a Darius and Van episode.
3: I'm here for it. Make it. Yeah. You don't even have to put it in the ten. You know, make it a bonus one. Web series, exactly. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but yeah, what I mean, the whole. I don't want to get too wrapped up into to this little moment, but when the boys are chasing him, what kind of rapper is he? What like what is his perception? You know, because, now? like, in like in the public eye, like what are they what are they trying to get us to think that he's, is he kind of like a joke? Because the way that they were like antagonizing him, it was like, yeah, they weren't. Like they, they didn't weren't, take him seriously. They don't yeah. care about.
1: Yeah. It's like seeing a, like a a person that's like a meme on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. seeing them in person, like, oh, you're the person that, it's like.
2: Yeah. Like he was a joke. Like, Like yeah. he was a bit of a joke. And that was kind of like, I, again, I didn't want to focus too much on that, but it did kind of make me think like, Huh what is his perception supposed to be in the world? And then That's like you know I
3: did not even I didn't even dwell on that at all. That's so, I love <laughs> that you guys are bringing that up. That's such a great little vignette right there. But I mean, once again it is a callback cuz he does get beat up by some fans in the right. woods episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. But I think with the white fashion episode and now with that thing that you're pointing out, it's clear that he's sold out. Yeah. And mainstream white people are his fans now. Right.
2: Mm Right.
3: Which I think fits into the whole arc of this this season that we've been talking about. So, yeah. I. But there's been such a gap between season two and season three. Like, I think he used to be underground and like on the come up. And I think now he's already sold out.
2: Like, I wonder if you got I mean, this might take too long to answer on the pod, but if there was a rapper him to be compared to, like, who would you guys think that he would be closest? And mm. you know, anybody. I mean, the,
3: my first instinct
2: was Two Chains,
3: but I me too. me too. Me too. Me too. Cooler, right way now.
2: cooler. And that's yeah. the thing; he does not have the cool any of the cool factor of Two Chains. But I was getting a, a lot of Two Chains vibe. I felt like that. That's what they were He's trying not to. Feeling it. He's not
1: No, no, I, no. <laughs> I was thinking more of a J. Cole.
2: What? Really? Okay.
1: Like, without scandal. You know well, what I mean?
3: until Amin shows up in episode. <laughs> 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 in the next episode. We, if that but happens, he doesn't, we'll know for sure.
2: But he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have, like, a conscious bone in his body. Like, he seems very aloof to the black and you know, anything that like J. Cole is kind of rooted in. Like you know, look at his chains and I mean the hat, the whole thing with the hat. It was just like J. Cole would never wear that hat. Like what art like the only artists <laughs> that would wear that hat are like two chains, the baby, future, like it's a very like Cam Newton al- Atlanta thing. It's like an Atlanta yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like or like a sniggers from the South, but like a like kind of midway flashy not like you know yeah that dark-winged duck hat uh <laughs> that Lorraine told him was some clown shit uh so i had a question for you guys and i don't want it to sound like too um ignorant or crazy but was lorraine a, a woman like all the way it's a trans woman okay it's trans it was, trans. Trans it was a trans woman yeah Actress. okay yeah okay that's what i thought i was like it's, it seems like a trans woman i wasn't sure um, yeah, yeah she was
3: great i really yeah. like it. it was ava gray she's been in pose before i i thought it was perfect i thought it was really well cast and
2: yeah no she was the best terrifying yeah she was like one of the best parts of the episode like her her line delivery her whole interaction with him in the museum everything that she was like giving him was perfect kind of like seeds of mystery for the episode. Yeah.
1: It was like pestering Paperboy wouldn't go away. But at the same time, he really didn't want her to go away. Right. So I feel like Lorraine represented like his subconscious. his like a subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Like he has certain thoughts and feelings that he really hasn't said aloud. He's thinking about, you know, certain things are starting to come to him. And this kind of like confirms his feelings like it's some sort of out-of-body experience that he's having and kind of validating him at the same time it's so it was so weird
3: Mm -hmm. yeah my biggest question is real semi-real or completely imagined
2: well i think they they're doing this thing um this narrative thing that i i guess i can call it interesting for a lack of better term where they're basically lying to the viewer in every episode in the storytelling in order to create um, a certain effect. So, you know, in this episode, he walks by himself like Mm -hmm. twice, you know, at the beginning and at the end. Base
3: cakes, man. I'm telling you, I need one of these.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so he's basically like cracked out and, you know, and Darius tells... Tells him like, oh, don't be like that guy. And, you know, we can't really see his face. But there's, you know, this the sneaking suspicion that it's going to be him or some somebody that's connected to them. Um, but they've done this in multiple episodes with the storyteller now. So I'm curious to know why they keep using this uh, as a device. Uh, but to answer your question, Maze, uh, I think that it's semi-real. Because I think everything on the show is kind of semi-real.
3: Mm, deep. B, how are you going to yeah. follow that up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, one, I agree. I feel like our subconscious is pretty real. It's our feelings. It's you know our deep thoughts and desires that sometimes we're afraid to say out loud. Sometimes people do hallucin- hallucinogens to tap into that. So I feel like it's semi-real. Sometimes you just have to find a way to access it. And this way is through space cakes.
3: <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, going back to to the Woods episode, the old man in the woods, I thought there really was an old man in the woods, but I think what he was saying was made up by Alfred. So I kind of think that's what happened here as well. I think he met Lorraine. I don't know if her name was Lorraine. Right, that's what I was going
2: to ask. Do you think her name was Lorraine?
3: Probably not. And I think he really went to the cancel club. Was Mm -hmm. it called the Cancel Club? Was Liam Neeson really there? That's a whole other question that we'll have to get to. (laughs) But when they come out and they do, you know, like you said, he sees himself, so there's that fun time loop. Also, there's some fun time loops where it's daytime and then it's nighttime and then it's daytime again all of a sudden. yeah. Yeah. But when they come out and it's daytime again, the tone shifts and she starts saying things that she couldn't possibly know. And then now we're back to our man... In the cancer attack episode backstage, <laughs> saying all this shit that you could only know if you had Paperboy's phone or whatever. And yeah. yes, I, I think you're exactly uh-huh. right, Jason. This whole show is semi real. It's all, the whole show has been on space cakes.
2: The yeah, time. the whole time. The whole time.
1: To kind of piggyback off of that, I feel like Paperboy is a bit lost. And oh, yeah. in every episode, he seems to be trying to connect with people and it kind of backfires in a weird way. So it just makes the loneliness even more prevalent. We're learning a lot about him right now through his subconscious and through him trying to connect with people. It's like every episode he's had, like that poker game that they had was probably the wildest experience for me because he's like thinking that he's having a moment with these people and then everyone just picks up and leaves. Yeah. So this was like another situation where he, it's connecting with someone, and then he gets told about himself. He gets read real quick, and then he wakes up kind of confused about what happened.
2: Yeah, I, I want to speak to the um, the unsettled feeling that I felt while watching this episode, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of the feeling that you get sometimes when you do drugs or if you do, like, a drug for the first time and you're, you don't know how it's going to affect your body. And I, I love how, like... I love that I still have the ability to immerse myself in like media and be able to just like really go for it. Because when he's walking around with that goofy hat on, I was, I felt his characters just like alienation in the space and just like not knowing what was going on and what was coming next. Like, I really felt that like, you know, um, and the lighting and all that stuff was done really well. Uh, when the lady in the uh, red light district is even like taking the picture of him, like all that stuff uh, was really good to kind of set up how disoriented he was as, as New Jazz. And then, um, <laughs> and then um, you know, as as majorly disoriented as I felt, they brought me right back when Liam Neeson pops up on the screen. And then I I immediately felt a sense of like comfort and just like I knew it was going to get silly. (laughs) I knew it was going to get real silly. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this is is cool. You know, it's like now you're on a good drug trip because you know something funny or something ridiculous is about to happen.
3: This was another instance of them suffering from their hiatus, man. Like Chet Hanks last episode. Yeah, yeah. This episode. Donald Glover just had these written down. (laughs) he He doesn't care if it's. (laughs) if it's topical or relevant in the moment he's like this happened i'm gonna remind you in the last like four years this went down but yes that was i mean it was a hell of
2: a moment yeah uh what did you guys think of that
1: um well first before he got to liam i like the line where they were like you know what we call lorraine's apartment right (laughs) 106 in park Park. Park. (laughs) yeah
3: that's uh chaniel coulard he's in sex education as Mm. the the dude there and then od de palier i've never really heard of her but yes, i liked i liked them as like the kind of like the greek chorus Mm -hmm. of the episode you know chiming in there
1: yeah but i mean liam came in he spit a few bars but i'm not gonna lie once he said what he said which was the best and worst part about being white is we don't have to learn anything if we don't want to and this could this continues on this whole white allyship theme that we have in all of the episodes. So it's like, I mean, I can be for you, but at the same time I face no consequences really.
2: But he wasn't even trying to be a white ally. He was saying, I don't fuck with y'all niggas. <laughs> like, but
1: no, he said at first, you know, he wanted people to see how far he's come and that he's not that person anymore. And it backfired. And so it was like, well shit, fuck y'all too. I was I was trying to be, you know, I was trying but, to be a good person and, and be honest about who I was and where I was in a dark time.
2: But at the same time, if you don't if you have the capability to not fuck with a race of people based off of an <laughs> incident that you brought up on yourself, then that's basically showing, you know, what they're trying to show. Like yeah. like y'all just don't get it.
1: But I think also it's like, well, what's the what's the reward in me being woke and being who you guys want me to be? Because you guys can try to cancel me, but that's not going to make me feel bad, really bad for what I said.
2: Right. And well, was I guess like, you guys
1: tried to cancel me, but it didn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess the answer to that is that the whole idea of black people as a monolith and being woke as a, a response to your anti blackness is not, like, this. just scratching the surface of how terrible that is as an ideology in terms of humanity. Like, you shouldn't treat a group of people as, you know, something for you to hate or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. direct your anger towards or, or your outrage towards. And the fact that everything in America and, you know, large parts of the world is, like, built as a construct of, Whiteness against or opposed to blackness is the problem within itself. So like he's everything he's doing is feeding into the problem and he doesn't understand where the solution even begins. And so that's kind of all wrapped up in the last line that he says, right? And I guess that's mm-hmm. where Donald Glover's way of kind of simplifying of what I'm trying to over explain right now is that like <laughs> white people don't have to learn, about being a human or h- how to deal with other people. They can just walk around being white and being catered to by the rest of the world until they die, and it's up to them if they want to learn or not learn, and so be it if they don't, basically. Yeah. Right, Mace?
3: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's your response to it is interesting, and I, I wonder this as well, is how much satire is layered into that dialogue from Liam Neeson and his endorsement of it is interesting right like yeah I I I, th- I looked into the the comments that he made at the time that sparked the whole thing and it definitely sounds like a guy with a lot of hindsight looking back at a young period in his life when he was less thoughtful and rational and just being honest about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. W- which you can't do anymore. <laughs> like, that's yeah, not. Yeah, that it not sucks. Acceptable, but he was just being reflective and, like, that's what I thought. Liam Neeson, you know, grew up in Ireland. Like, it was not exactly a culture of equality right. at mm-hmm. that time. So, I thought it was a real interesting use of him here as the emblem of this. It was a little surprising to me. I understand why they didn't, but it was a little surprising that it was the cancel club and that he was the one that we see and not one of the 8 billion people that have been canceled since Liam Neeson. Right. Or even if it's not really that person, maybe it's like a Justin Bieber Tupac situation in this universe, you know, like, is that this person? So there wasn't any of that. But but he he
2: wasn't ever canceled.
1: That's why he said they tried to. So in a way, it's like he can kind of come in and out of this club as he pleases. But, but that's I'm the trying thing. To figure, I'm trying but, to figure out the patrons of this club. Are they fans of the people who are so-called canceled? Because, you know, we got that guy saying like, oh, how is, what is the baby like? You know?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Not
1: knowing when this was written and if he was canceled mm-hmm. or not at that time. But it's like who are these people here
2: but that's the thing that kind of pissed me off about all of that like that whole exchange is that black people don't cancel anybody like name me somebody that black people have actually canceled we don't even cancel the people we supposed to cancel like we didn't even cancel r kelly everybody got a homie that still listen to r kelly or still fuck with (laughs) r kelly or niggas who ride for bill cosby we don't cancel nobody like name me somebody that black people have actually canceled I'll wait.
3: Yeah. Nice, <laughs> long long silence for you there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but then Paperboy is about to perform as New Jazz, right? They try to bring New Jazz up jazz, to stage. Yeah. Yeah. So why would why would he be canceled or what does New Jazz even mean? Or like it was just very, you know, it's a drug trip episode, right? right. So they they can have a little more latitude with not even bothering to try to explain shit.
1: Well, I was thinking that maybe he felt some kind of way about being a part of the campaign with the Esco Esco and everybody's from some hood, you know, maybe that start starting to weigh on him. Like, damn, I really should not have done that in exchange for fucking free clothes. What did he really get out of that? And now maybe it's subconsciously he's feeling it.
3: But in pretty standard Atlanta fashion, there's no mention of that. <laughs> right. It just that just happened like we've already moved on <laughs> we don't know where this fits in chronologically we don't know any of that you know that was in i believe london and now we're back in amsterdam where we were i think in the first episode or the second episode so you know it's a it's a big goulash like it's this yeah. show does not thrive Ooh, on but clarity wait.
1: what if he was back in amsterdam because of that canceled show that he had all the blackface in the audience and was like, Mm, fuck it. Maybe. Maybe he had to go back and do that show.
2: I don't... I feel like this... (laughs) Watching this show, too, like, from a, like, writing and kind of directorial perspective, Mm -hmm. I feel like they have a... Like, how May said, it's a goulash. Like, they have a lot of ideas and then they just kind of string them all together. And whether or not it makes total sense does not really matter to the end product. Like, right. like I think they liked the idea of the new jazz as a name, and in that scene, it worked. It's clever. It's interesting. It makes you think. I, I think they liked the idea of casting the spotlight on that seat, and it looks dope. It's a cool shot. It doesn't matter if it makes total sense in the grand scheme of things. Like the same way the house behind the poorhouse, or the lady who's uh crying as a part of her uh performance art like like all these things they're just random like kind of creative moments that you would put up on a storyboard and they kept the ones that they liked that strung together that's what it feels like watching it Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. which i enjoy yeah no it's not bad i'm not hating
2: yeah yeah yeah, i don't i don't have an issue with it either i don't think they need it it's
3: just so different than yeah normal stuff i do want to ask you before before we get out of Atlanta. Hello listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite Butcher Turn Podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust, delivered straight to your doorstep. Free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com Dings and use code Dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. B, I'll start with you. At the end, after a lecture from Lorraine, when Paperboy wakes up, when Alfred comes to after his hallucinogenic <laughs> hibernation, <Coma. laughs> he asks Ern, Do I own my masters? And Ern says, Yeah. You believe him?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that maybe his subconscious has been overreacting about the people that's around him. And maybe he's looking at Darius, who is like looking for him to pay for everything. Um, he's putting Earn in the same box as him when actually he's out here doing his thing. Um, I saw someone say on Twitter that season three was about Earn becoming more responsible and taking his job a little bit more seriously. And maybe we're continuing to see that growth with him.
3: You mean, you mean two?
1: Or two. Yeah. Yeah. Season two. So uh, maybe he is stepping into a role of someone who is doing what he's supposed to do and has Al's best interests at hand. Because he wasn't privy to the conversation. So it was kind of like, well... Because when he asked the first time, he said, huh? And I thought Mm -hmm. maybe he was like stalling. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't really want to tell him the truth. And then he was like, oh, yeah. So I believe. I believe Earn.
2: Yeah, I I believe him 100%. Um, I think, oddly, that was one of my favorite scenes in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know why certain things stick with me or stand out. Just in terms of acting, performance, I really liked um donald glover's like kind of calm composure in that scene and just how he there was a very cousin brother type of moment where there was some sensitivity without it being soft and it was two men kind of relating to each other on a like he's like oh you changed my clothes you know like yeah. there was there was a bunch of little small moments in there that could have been really, like, sentimental, but they weren't, you know? and Or at least, like, they were, but they weren't, like, overly, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, he asked, well, um, not to correct you, Maze, but he asked him, who owns my masters? Um, mm. beca- and then he tells him, he explains to him about the deal that they did with the label, and then he says, you own them. Um, and so... You know, just the whole way he delivered that, uh, to me, it, it didn't feel like he was hesitating. It felt like it was almost matter-of-fact to him. Like, yeah, like, I'm not a old dumb nigga, and I wouldn't put you in that situation to make you look like a dumb nigga. Like, we out here, you know, out here doing this for real. Like, you know, I'm really locked in, and, like, we family, and this is some real shit, and I'm making sure that I take care of us, you know, and especially you, you know, if anything were to ever happen, you um, you know, in the short term with me rescuing you off the streets of Amsterdam and in the long term with me <laughs> setting up your contracts and making sure that you have all of the the works that you've created.
1: And also, if you look at it, Earn has been giving him whatever he needs, making sure all of his needs are met, you know. And mm-hmm. when he was locked up, he asked for this money. Earn didn't know what he needed the money for. He thought he actually needed it for something important. He pulls up gives. Paper boy the money he just throws it and the look mm-hmm. on his face was like what the fuck yeah. so yeah I definitely think he definitely has his uh best interest at heart like he's taking care of his his cousin
2: yeah and he doesn't do it with like a like any animosity or any like oh look at this dumb nigga or I can't believe you're asking me this question you know it's like everything is kind of with, with love and I like how they approach the those specific moments like They take out all of the other kind of artifice of the show of like, oh, is this real? Is this not real? All of that stuff. And they make these specific moments very real. So, you know, like, no, like, focus on this, you know? Yeah. Wow. So
1: do you think it's real?
2: No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You guys both made very compelling arguments. You're really team earn right now. I'm stunned by this. I don't buy it for a second. Wow. Oh, damn. I think that what you said B, about earn being more on top of shit. I feel like they didn't. Can't believe I'm about to say this. Earn it. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, turn to, to season one. three and he's just locked in. He's perfect. He's anticipating every possible need. He's getting everything done. He's taking care of everyone. He's so amazing. He's such an amazing manager. So much so that as a character, he hasn't had any interesting scenes. Right. And has had no conflict. Yeah. All of the conflict is playing out with other characters and with other episodes that have nothing to do with the characters that we know and love. Lorraine jumping out of the subconscious to put that seed in in Paperboy's mind there and just thinking about the music industry in general and how hard it is to usually get the rights to your masters. I don't know, man. I I don't think he's got them. I think that was a lie.
2: (laughs) Do you think there's a possibility, so there's been a focus on this season of him waking up and and obviously like the ideas of consciousness do you think that they played that uh common movie game where at the end of the season he wakes up and it was all a dream this whole Europe trip and he's still like ain't shit you know and in oh, in the middle I of I really <laughs> hope not. <dude. laughs> in a crummy apartment in Atlanta somewhere. He just
3: he just took a nap on the couch in the yeah. middle of the <laughs> field from season yeah. 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Alfred, Yo, Alfred,
2: you're late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yo,
1: if that is that how this series wraps up, I'm gonna be like, you know what? You know what? I, I'm not gonna lie. I I've enjoyed the ride. So even if this is how it ends, I'm cool with it.
3: Speaking of enjoying <laughs> the ride. Yeah. Winning time. We did it. Yeah. It's the finals. Not only that, it is already. Game five of the finals when we start. <laughs> yeah. Kareem yeah. is posting up signature Skyhook and then stomps that ankle. Woo. And we have ourselves some stakes for this finale. Man, where do we even begin? B, Be- this is the natural endpoint for season one. This is what we always knew was coming, right? This Mm -hmm. moment, this series of moments. How do you feel now that we got there?
1: You know what? First of all, I could not stop thinking of you two throughout this episode because there was so much basketball. And I just wanted to know, how did you guys enjoy that? Sorry to answer your question with the question, but that was on my mind heavy. That's (laughs)
3: podcasting, That's how you keep these conversations going. You, You take it, you throw it right back at me. They had more basketball than they've had in the rest Uh of the series. There was some good stuff, Mm -hmm. and there was also some bad stuff. And I'm (laughs) I'm trying not to read too much into it. You know what I'm saying? I think my favorite scene that kind of exemplified why you can't really make basketball in movies and television is the scene where Magic takes the inbounds pass or the rebound, and he's taking it up court. And he literally, like, breaks off three or four members of Sixers. the opposing team in a row and then throws a pass. And it's like, that's that's not how people play basketball. They don't line <laughs> up one at a time right. to get crossed up. Like, if one guy gets crossed up, then you start rotating. But, like, literally they were all set up like a cone drill for Magic to, to work his
2: <laughs> way through. And I was like, eh. That's how he was doing it back in the day, man. It was the, the all-star,
1: <laughs> it was the all-star skills challenge going on out there.
3: Sorry, is Jason's dad on the call all of a sudden? <laughs> tell me how it was back in the day. Like, what was what that?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I thought some of the overhead shots were really cool. Um, the shot, uh, the moment that the episode starts with, with Kareem um, breaking his ankle, I thought that was a cool scene of them playing basketball. Um, I like the end shot of the ending of the series where um, Magic dunks over Dr. J and Dr. J is like cowering while Magic's jumping towards the rim. I thought that was cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's there was a bunch of kind of, you know, unnecessary shots. But they got to they they have to try to build the drama of the of the game and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, You know, Lakers blowing the lead. Uh, I like when uh, Coop got knocked out. Uh, and they needed the smelling yeah. salts mm-hmm. for him. So they kind of figured creative ways to go around showing too much basketball by showing the action around <laughs> the West. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All Jerry. Of us
3: watching the game at home. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Donnell Rawlings for playing the greatest hater on the couch ever. ever. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. was perfect. Um, saying Magic couldn't play center. Um, but yeah, this was a all the lead up t- to the legendary game where Magic Johnson plays center, um, f- goes from being a six nine point guard, uh, oversized point guard to an undersized center <laughs> jump ball.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. you guys are divided on the basketball action. Okay. All right. I mean, that's like I thought they, you guys would be pleased.
3: I I just found myself questioning like man is it really impossible to do <laughs> like they were trying Like i want to i want to give them credit i'm not saying that like they fucked it up by any means it's just they tried to do so many different types of plays shots whatever and it really ended up being more confusing
2: than anything
3: because i guess the biggest the biggest thing for me is like i would have loved just to a constant scoreboard.
2: That's what I was going to say. Time and score. Like they never let you know what the score is. And then Chick will yell out some random, oh, they cut the lead to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do I know that? Because you guys have to edit this like a show and you can't just leave the score up. Like we're NBA. It would be a shit ton of work for them to do
3: that, to actually keep the score updated. But that's something that I think would really ground it. Yeah, that it kind I of agree. lacks,
2: you know. Yeah, because at the end, like, you know, Magic dunks on them, and they're like, "Oh, they know the game's over," and blah blah blah. And then they show the final score, and it's like one hundred and seven to one hundred and twenty-three. And I'm like, "Well, it seems like they had a big lead that escalated for a while. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like where was the tension? So how did we get here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I agree with Mays hundred percent. They should have definitely uh figured out a way to keep that affixed to the screen, that Chiron up there.
1: So how did you guys feel about Dr. Jerry Buss's how he was this whole episode? Did we get enough or do you think it was just right?
2: I, I got enough. Oh, okay, so I want to say this, starting off, uh, start with the bad news first. Um, <laughs> I felt like that whole swan thing was not a good payoff. It was actually a terrible <laughs> payoff and a horrible way to end this, this show. It was like, why did you guys smiling, baby? Yeah. Like, why did you guys pick this metaphor to land on? Didn't, didn't connect in any significant way whatsoever. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that being said, I really did, uh, like, you know, John C. Riley's performance in this last episode. I mean, he's been great through the whole show. I hope he wins an award. Um, you know, him with the his sons, you know, him not yeah. being able being not being able to see Jeannie. I mean, him, him that scene with him in, in red telling him to enjoy his plaque. You guys want want every everything that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, that little tete a tete was fun. Um and and his nervous moments, you know, I really like that. And then, you know, going back to Atlanta, his subconscious and thinking about his mom and what she would be telling him. And, uh, you know, I think my favorite line of the of the show and kind of summed it up better than the whole swan thing was when she says to him, don't be a sore loser or sore winner, Gerald. Don't be a sore winner. And I think that was like kind of what a lot of the episode and a lot of the show was about uh, is as a athlete or anybody pursuing a goal is like you want to get to this moment, but it's all in how do you act or react when you've achieved the thing that you wanted to achieve and what is what becomes of your life after that, you know? So That kind
1: of is a call back to Jerry West when he finally won his championship and it's like, okay, I got it, now what? Still yeah. Still unhappy.
2: Right, and they didn't focus on that part. Like, that was the nugget that they should have really honed in on and they kind of, like, threw it away, like, in the middle of the show.
3: Hmm. We got to call back to that Jerry moment though cuz he's not willing to accept credit for the win. Mm-hmm. And then Bill yeah. says, "But if you lost it'd be on you, right?" And Jerry's <laughs> like, "Well, uh, yeah, probably." <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not he's just not comfortable with winning. Uh I think that th- this was a kind of a strange episode to watch because we're at we're at the end of the season one arcs and i don't think it's ever really felt as obvious (laughs) in other shows as it did in this particular show i think some things worked really well and they like for example i think magic and kareem the scene in the car before he gets on the plane i thought that was great that tied it up and they did the thing he said, do you remember when you hugged me in game one? I'm like, yeah, that was four episodes yeah. ago. I remember that. <laughs> but that worked for me, right? I bought the uh-huh. bond between those two. I bought the the chemistry between those two guys. One instance where it didn't work is Jack McKinney showing up at Paul Westhead's house like, here's my playbook. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, what? We, <laughs> last time we saw you, it was like, fire him or fire me like we're ready to get this guy out of here also jack you know we conveniently didn't talk about his mental and physical condition at all he seemed (laughs) fine he seemed like yeah i'm
1: ready to go i'm ready to go coach another team i don't need competition yeah (laughs) (laughs) like watching that i was looking for like any scars on his face nothing so i'm like okay I guess we're way past that. I was
3: definitely just let's put a bow on this plot line and Vamoose, you know? So, and then I think the Jerry, I think the Jerry Buss one was kind of the weakest because, like you you mentioned with the swan thing, first of all, I don't don't need a cold open followed by a second cold (laughs) open where he's talking to us (laughs) again about some (laughs) analogy. But then it's like, so what's up with the banks? Oh, we paid him back. It's all good. It's like, cool.
1: uh, Okay. That's how we get with that. In episode
3: two or three, it was going to be the end of the fucking world and all this shit. It's like, we know they go to the championship. So uh, that, that got totally deflated. But B, I want to know what, uh, what hit for you in this episode.
1: Spencer Haywood.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) How did I know? Yeah. Back to the bathtub with Bethany. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) So when, Kareem comes over to holler at him and chat with him. I really enjoyed that scene. What really stood out to me was how he, like, reminded him, like, you're a beautiful black man, mm-hmm. you know? And you have purpose, you have someone to live for, you have people who care about you. And I don't feel like black men are told that enough. Yeah. Like, hey, you have purpose here, don't throw your life away. So yeah. that was a really, yeah.
2: Certainly that was not by me. other men, oh. Right. right? That part. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I loved that scene as well. I thought that was the most powerful scene in the show. Um, one of the most powerful scenes in the whole season. The lines that uh Spencer Haywood had when he said, You figured out my trick He said, Nigga, you know I ain't shit You know? <laughs> and that was such he was trying to be so honest with himself and with his friend and and at the same time he was tearing himself down and it was just he needed to release that but also he needed the the energy that Kareem gave him directly after to build him back up and let him know like Bethany said, like you're a beautiful black man. And I felt like that was just a great moment for the show to be able to to have and make it feel authentic.
1: Yeah. I have a question, Jason. Mm-hmm. Do you and your friends or family black men talk to each other that way? Like, do you even say stuff like, oh, I love you, or...
2: Nigga, I ain't shit. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Not really. I mean, uh, one of my best friends, my college roommate, he's one of those uh, drunk, I love you guys.
1: uh uh, That's when you get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, from time to time. Like, we might have one of those moments. But um, in general, no. You know, definitely not from my dad or, like, you know grandfather any of those you know people maybe like my uncles my uncles definitely they're a little bit more uh, in tune with their emotions um mm-hmm. i guess like the relationship dynamic is a little different but yeah not like my cousins or any of them it's just like you know the occasional like oh that's dope or good job or you know i see you like you know but nothing yeah. nothing as uh deep or intentional as what happened in this episode okay what was your what was your guy's favorite moment other than that?
1: Maze, what were you feeling? What did you like? What did, what did I you I like really
3: about like? this?
2: What did I like? I did mean, you have I a Landsberger moment, Maze? Landsberger
3: <laughs> didn't have a good line this episode. He did There was the Landsberger moment where they say that if Coop doesn't get up and shoot the free throws, they can go to yep. anybody including like Iron hands, ha- hands
2: of hands of stone,
3: hands of stone, landsberger <laughs>
2: Yeah,
3: Handsberger So yeah, that was that was my Landsberger moment. Glad he didn't have to shoot those free throws and blow the game. I think yeah. that the it's kind of soul crushing. It's it's a it's a thing I liked in a in a sad way was the genie bus chair pull there mm-hmm. where. Jerry's got to appoint a treasurer, and Genie so walks in. Open. It was that yeah. classic movie moment, right? Like, oh, yeah. we need someone to come and save us. And then the hero walks through the door, right? It's yeah. like, oh, Genie's here. Yes.
2: Genie. oh, yes, I need you. Oh, thank you.
3: Can you call your brothers?
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you know any better people for this job? Please think of somebody. It's here- a family business. We yeah. need family. family in here. We need here. family. Who's family in here that knows this business, that can take it over, that knows the inner workings of this? That's family.
3: And the best part of that <laughs> is that he didn't give a fuck which one. Yeah. Can you get one of your brothers to figure this shit out? You know everything. Just tell them how to do it. So, poor Genie, <laughs> don't. Object to the way she ha- you know, reacted to it at all, which is like, I'm just going to avoid this and I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to go to Philly. And then we get the introduction of the the bus bros. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll see more of them next season. Thomas Mann, who plays Johnny Bus, is a legit actor who's done stuff before. So I, that's why I expect to see them back. The guy who plays Jimmy Bus, McCabe Sly, I'm not too familiar with his catalog. Apparently, he's on some Netflix show called Fear Street. So that's cool. But <laughs> I expect to see more Bus family drama going forward. I like that seating. And yeah. I'm pulling for my girl, Jeannie.
1: But you know what kind of threw me off was when um, it's halftime, the score is tied. And Jeannie just decides to go to the forum and and look around and stare off into wherever the fuck.
3: B, what? If you or I owned the forum, you don't think we'd be taking <laughs> wistful, pensive walks <laughs> out to center court every once in a while, just considering the state of our lives and everything oh. that's happening in our family? It's a show, B. Relax. And then
1: Claire comes out like, "Hey, yeah. come watch the game oh, we yeah, it on satellite. So, I've made some chili." So weird like, what running into
3: you here.
2: <laughs> I had that the for my
3: pensive session.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, it <laughs> has some overlap in their, in their booking. Um, I like that line that Claire gave to Jeannie, though. She said, "You're gonna be him." Um,
3: yeah, that's is, a classic. You know, knowing wink at us yeah yeah from it was also,
2: 2022 it's very also that's yeah right. Very it was very that, it was
3: genie bus all along right b
1: <laughs> that's right
2: very 2022 like, like uh, a ja, john ja Morant, i'm fucking him um so she's she's him uh that's <laughs> it's, it's a it's a gender neutral term being him um i'm him I loved, uh, we got our last uh, moment of Paul Westhead Shakespeare in the locker room at halftime. Uh, <laughs> and said, I was every
1: player sitting there listening to it like, uh-huh, nigga, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, He said, uh, if we are marked to die, and like, and they're all like looking at him.
1: Oh, God.
2: Is it the, the fewer men, the greater share of honor. <laughs> and then Pat's like, "Let's kill those fuckers." <laughs> Translation, yeah,
3: yeah. That's like uh, it's like Luther, right? Uh,
2: Obama's translator. Obama trans- angry, translator. Angry translator, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I love Pat's moments in this episode too. You know, because basically we're just seeing the dynamic of ruthless Pat Riley when Kareem breaks his ankle. Pat's like, can't you shoot just him shoot up? him up shoot something?
3: Him up. So much yeah. for that speech to Spencer, showing him the knee surgery scars earlier in the season. When it comes to winning time, oh! Shoot him up! It's the
1: finals, baby. Another moment that I liked is when the ball boy comes in to give Magic the numbers.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Lon. That, that was, was Lon. Lon, uh, Lon yeah, Chaney. Yeah, I, I
3: mean, he's See? been a ball boy this season. That's that's
1: fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he was gonna be what, the duck or whatever it was? What was the mascot?
2: Oh, yeah. Right. What was it Yeah. Like? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um I like that scene. It, it was kind of showing that Pat knew to use this in a in a very particular moment. Yep. Whether this happened in real life or not. Wait, I was the swan thing because the
2: they're Lakers?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, no, no, no. Oh, I what just what strain
3: got, is it? What strain is it, Jason?
2: I, th- <laughs> I still think that's a stretch, but maybe I think it was because I was the duck. He was wanted to like, be a oh, duck. Now
1: that
3: it's now that they're Lakers, no, it doesn't make it better. It, it doesn't Lakers, make it better. It's not like it fixes it. Yeah, no, no, no.
2: no. I don't want to make it seem like <laughs> that. It didn't make it better at all. I just connected it finally. <laughs> that was that was jason's real
3: fucking light bulb moment of this podcast. i
1: wish i wish they could see his face like wait a minute
2: yeah yeah Yeah. um what did you guys think of that weird audio moment that they did when pat riley tells him it was 63 to 3 did you guys catch that they They did out the crowd yeah they took out the crowd, but then it didn't sound like Adrian Brody's voice either. It was like some weird voice modulation that they did on that that moment. You, you might like have to Mufasa go back and watch it. Or something like that? It. No, it was very <laughs> like, I don't It was just, it was strange. But it was... Magic! You must avenge my <laughs> death! Remember who you are! <laughs> what about the golden time of day? Frankie, Beverly, and Mays. We got that on the plane. That was That's a nice right. little vibe moment. Showing Magic is kind of like a a basketball genius, if you will. You know, the coach was was a little hesitant to go for Magic's idea. Then he opens McKinney's playbook, and he sees Magic at center. If Kareem is out, circled in red.
1: Yeah, and it kind of brings it full circle, too, because in training camp, no one wanted him to play point guard. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, what? Center? Why would you do that?
3: Right. <laughs> Yep.
1: Keep that same energy.
2: What's right, up? right. Yeah. They they wanted <laughs> Jerry West wanted him banging bodies in the post and that's how they end up winning the title. Boom. I gotta give a shout out to they I'm glad they squoze the chicks line in. Uh it's in the refrigerator. The lights are out, the butter's getting hard, the jello's jiggling. This classic chick herm make sure they got that in there before the season was done. It's great.
3: Yeah. We got one last One last fist. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Who was, who
2: was that next to him that got fisted? Yeah. That guy's been there. That guy's
3: been there for a while. He's got, uh, he's definitely got a recognizable face, but I don't know if he's supposed to be somebody that we would know.
2: Oh, maze. I did want to say we, we finally did get a black dick on screen. Somebody had a sign at the game that said Magic Swallows" and it was a black I did dick. See that. Oh my god. <laughs> it was a black. They didn't
3: fill that shading in.
2: <laughs> no, the they did. They didn't shade it in, but they had a little pricklies by the balls. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they fulfilled our requests.
1: Wait, oh. so you think white penises don't have pricklies?
2: <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It was a black. It was a Why black.
1: Why think it's black? Because he used a black sharpie. Wow. Putting yeah, on
2: the spot,
1: on the spot. <laughs> how,
3: sir. How do you know that this dick was black?
2: It's a great, all great points.
1: Oh my, it was a little yeah. pale to me.
2: Right.
3: I also did like Angry Larry Bird. Yeah. Home, yes. And then getting, yes. Out, getting out in the driveway and putting up some shots. I like that. That was a good little touch. And then I wanted to mention, B, you sent that video of the Lakers shooting around.
2: I did. I sent Oh, sorry. Jason
3: there. sent that video of the Lakers shooting around. And mm-hmm. holy crap, Jamal Wilkes' jump
2: shot is
3: hideous. That's some <laughs> of the worst shooting form you saw that when he's like dude
2: it was like sean marion like
1: yeah that's exactly it
2: (laughs) yeah it's like
3: sean marion had sex with a catapult that's what
2: that was (laughs) yeah that was that was bad um can't make it can't believe you made it to the league with that um did magic tell his mama to fuck you when he was cussing out everybody on the couch in his mind
1: he said fuck you fuck you fuck everybody fuck all y'all okay fuck
2: all y'all damn magic mama's just trying to watch out for you (coughs) (laughs) But yeah we made it we made it through the season We, we get to look
3: forward to season two which has already been confirmed that it will yeah be coming up so i guess i'll i'll leave our wrap up of the year with this question for season two, do you want to see another one season or do you want to see a couple seasons? Jason, I'll start with you.
2: Well, I think I want to see a couple seasons. I think there may have been some truth to that rumor of uh, them doing the Kobe and Shaq. And I think that oh boy. may have gotten the kibosh. And I think the only way to kind of pick up this show is to hopefully uh, Oh, another thing we never got any closure to that first establishing shot of magic in the no, <laughs> no. in the clinic no. which is why i was gonna we say not, that they never wrapped up we're gonna, that need, up a, we're gonna need a all. couple more seasons we're gonna like need how do they more seasons if you were like just uh Bias unaware viewer, somebody who was born in like 1999, not from America, didn't know anything about this, and we're watching this. You'd be like, "What the fuck was that first scene about?" (laughs) That has got to
3: be one of the dumbest possible ways to start this show. Just don't do it. Just don't
2: do it. They didn't have Michael Jordan in the show. They didn't. You know, none of the nothing in that scene ever connected to anything else that happened um so yeah just had to get just had to get that off so yeah I hope they do uh, I hope they just wrap up the 80s you know and maybe get to the um the finals where he played Jordan and maybe end it there you know where this ended on a high note maybe the next season can show kind of all the glory of the 80s of them going back and forth to the Celtics and then kind of end it in like 1990 when uh Michael Jordan beats him in the form. B, your thoughts?
1: I would like for them to give us more seasons cuz clearly they're not giving us a, a lot of basketball. So, I'd predict a bunch of slam cuts to like, oh, it's ha- it's All-Star break. Now it's the playoffs. Like we're just going to skip through and focus on a lot of the off-court situations that happen because we still clearly have to see what's going on with Spencer and this hit that he has out or if it's still on, like what's going on with this whole situation and because we, we didn't get to tie that up. He orders a hit on the Lakers. He's still clearly disgruntled. But what now? So, yeah, I want to see more seasons. Yeah.
3: All right. Here's my official prediction. Season two. So we just wrapped up 1980. Season two will start in 1981 and end in 1985. And the way that breaks down is Celtics win a title lakers win a title but they don't play each other sixers celtics rematch sixers win then we get lakers celtics one celtics win then we get lakers celtics two lakers win i'm going i'm doing all that so you got pat riley taking over you got lakers celtics back-to-back finals and i think that by the like by the end of that season the main like Larry Bird is a way bigger character and I think that we have the the magic bird dynamic and the way it took over the league as like the main main story and then like Pat Riley's descendants as the other main thing and I think that'd be dope and I think that they and could
1: Kareem finally retiring too
3: right and, and kind of winding down Kareem so that's that's what I want to see I think that I think that there were some really cool storylines in this first season that I understand why they stuck with it, like Jack McKinney like dedicating a whole episode to that Tark the Shark story, which was pretty wild. And just kinda getting everything in place. But if they if they do another season of the show like they did this year, that would be disappointing to me. So I hope I that that's not the case.
2: Yeah, I agree and, and put off the Kobe Shaq stuff for a while <laughs> like,
3: please don't yeah don't rush to that
2: yeah I think they should give that it's due time and the same way they did this you know like I think that needs an, another decade at least
1: yeah like, we don't until, yeah until let we, some time go by please
3: yeah. wow please. now who's sounding like parents <laughs> exactly yeah, Full see, and circle, that- <laughs> folks. And that's why you tune in every week to Winning Time to Showtime, the podcast about the show Winning Time that just ended based on the <laughs> book Showtime that aired every Sunday on HBO. Not Showtime. For Bethany Anderson, Jason Madison, I'm Anthony Mays. We'll see you next week to talk about the second to last episode of Atlanta. 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 And then we'll see...